Gets open for three. Dagger! The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. You like that? You like that? I like that. Welcome in to Feeding the Curse. The Commanders improved to 2-0 and on the season. I'm not going to say I had it, but I had it. And I think FP had it, and I think Stevie had it as well, if I'm not mistaken. That game had a little bit of everything, boys. And I got to be honest, I didn't think they were going to pull it out after the first 12 minutes or so. It was uh, that was a wild one. Totally unexpected. I think we saw some of the best play from this team in a long time. We saw some of the best coaching from this team in a long time. And frankly, I I was in shock at the end of it. Uh, FP, you you, I mean, I, I believe you watched it with LP. What was the mood like going into quarter number two? How many pizzas were being thrown against the wall? You know, were you screaming curse, curse, curse? You know, I'm, I'm going to my house. It's over. I mean, I, I was losing interest rapidly watching that game. It was actually uh, my wife cheers for the Broncos, so we kept watching, and, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But you guys were watching it together. What was going on in, uh, in good old Saturday? There was a glass of beer on my coffee table poured right before kickoff, and I was so deflated so fast that I didn't even want to drink the beer. And as the game progressed, beer consumption went drastically higher, exponentially higher. That by the end of the game, there was a lot of empty beer cans on the table. The start of that game was so depressing. I think I I blasted the group chat. I wanted everybody fired. I wanted Ron out of the house. I think I even got mad at Josh Harris at one point. That's how bad the start of the game was. I wanted everybody related to this team fired immediately. Once, I mean, and that was before we even hit 21 3. It was just insane to see that. I, I just, I, I didn't know what was in front of me. And, and I had Dan Snyder PTSD. I had no faith. I was quick to, to anger. I, I wanted everybody gone. And, yeah, it's literally that. It's just PTSD. It's, it's I'm with no you there. The I mean, I, I, there was a there was a shot of uh, Jacoby talking with uh, Bienemy on the sideline, like in the beginning, maybe the second quarter, where Bienemy was kind of like pushing everyone away, and he had this like these crazy like menus and and all this laminated sheets and whatever. And and the the first thought in my mind, do you, do you boys remember? Stevie, do you remember Jay Gruden on the sideline where he had the crumbled up pieces of paper and everybody yeah. was sitting on him because he's like, like, what are you doing with all these crumbled up pieces of paper that you're just pulling out of your pockets trying to figure out what's going on? The enemy didn't look like he had the same kind of aesthetic, right? A lot of stuff in his hands. But man, it, it seemed like he was on top of it. He didn't panic. And it, it, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still in shock, frankly, that they pulled it out. But Stevie, I, I'm going to I'm going to venture I'm going to go out on a limb here. You watched more than half of this game live. True. Wow. Okay. See? Okay. The, you watched the hey, game? Welcome hey, that, that 420. Hey, come on. It was raining on a Sunday at 425. Why are you yelling at us? 
I'm sorry. Me and the kids are saying, hey, I'm hyped. Hail to the Redskins, okay? Whatever they're called right now. Hail to the Commanders. Boys, let me tell you something. You know that creepy thing that Joe Biden does when he leans in and he whispers something really weird, okay? I'm going to do that for you, okay? Boys, we have a franchise quarterback, okay? We have a franchise quarterback. Okay. okay, did I nail the Biden thing? I'm not as creepy. Okay, I, I, I was going to say something. I was gonna, yeah, I'm going to have to bleep out. Uh, don't, don't make I'm me gonna it I'm not going to say it. Uh, just check Ashley Biden's diary. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> boys, we have a franchise quarterback. That's it. I we mean, we've been, right. we've been waiting. We had one that we let go because we didn't want – we kept on franchising him. We had one that broke – his lower extremity in a playoff game. He was never really a franchise quarterback, but we created a offense been. around him. He could have been. He could have been. Right now we have a gem. Not that we drafted in the top five picks and in the first round, but that we stole in the fifth round who has better numbers than Kenny Pickett, who was drafted in the first round, who looks lost in Pittsburgh. This is a remarkable turn of events that have nothing to do with Dan Snyder and Josh Harris. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Sam, Sam Howell, uh, there was in the, in the chat, I think it was FP that posted this, right? He's three and O as a starter, right? And if, if you look at him just in his starts, which rookie quarterback or second year pro right now is playing better ball than Sam. It's, it's a very short list of people. This kid has got something, right? Is he the franchise answer? Honestly, I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not ready to do that yet, Stevie. Oh come on! But, but look, what, what more do you need to see? He's the closest. Well, I don't need to see anything more, right? He's the best we've had here in a long, long time. I mean, I don't want to see the graphic that they always plaster about the the revolving door of QBs. I don't want to look at that anymore, right? I I want to win and potentially here, like dot dot dot. I'm also willing to lose with Sam. I, I need to see this experiment played out in full. You know, R.I.P. Haskins. Uh, this is not to disparage him, and obviously he's, it sucks that he's dead, right? But he didn't look anything like this coming out of school. He didn't look anything like this when he stepped in the pocket, and he didn't have this type of rapport. Um, and frankly, maybe he didn't even have this type of, you know, uh, offensive coaching. I, I don't really know how to how to like quantify what Bienemy is bringing to the to the team right now. But it's clear that any of the offseason, you know, the jazz around him about me, he wasn't the play caller in Kansas City. You know, he's never actually done this job, whatever. He clearly has a good read and a good rapport with his quarterback. Sam did not play perfect ball, right? And I don't think the expectation should not be that he plays perfect football, but the kid is resilient. He doesn't seem to really care about his own brand or promoting himself, which is such a, a freaking, what a what a, a deep, deep sigh of relief and breath of fresh air around this franchise in particular. It, it's very refreshing and you know, Terry didn't have an amazing game, right? He's still he's still dealing with turf toe. The, the the running backs look a little bit more sorted, right? With Brian Robinson getting the bulk of the work this week and looking good, they were able to run wide receiver, not wide receiver screens, sorry, uh, running back screens, like normal screens. I haven't seen that work, you know, for this team, for our team, in freaking half a decade at least, right? So like, there, there's things here that are encouraging, and I'll I'll, I'll pivot back here and then give you guys a chance to chime in, but. We knew the defense is was close to elite. The question mark has been the offense. And for years, and I've said these words, right? Fitzpatrick is coming. He's going to elevate that offense just a little bit to give the defense the support they need. Obviously, that didn't happen. He was gone after one series two seasons ago. Wentz is coming in. He's got that arm. He's going to be able to elevate that offense just a little bit. 
so that the defense gets the support they need for the team to be competitive. Well, those those scenarios didn't play out. Right now, it's playing out, and it's super exciting. The kid is young. He's not that expensive. They can afford to keep the pieces around him. And right now, yeah, they got some holes on offense, but that defense that has been really good pressing on that elite level, they look it. And 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 we can in a minute, I think we can pivot and talk about Chase, but this offense is legit. And it's not it's not a scheme. This isn't the RG3 offense where he's gifted with a deep, you know, deep ball and he's gonna run around and make people miss. This is this is an NFL offense, and that's that's the thought I like that's what I kept saying as I was watching the game to myself. This team doesn't look panicked. It looks like they have a playbook that's deeper than 20 plays, and it looks like they're willing to go through it. Like they start slow, sure. But there was no panic, and I, I really enjoyed that from a fan perspective. I, I mean, just getting back to Howell for a second. <clears throat> this kid, week one in Arizona, throws an interception right before half, or in here in DC yeah. against Arizona, it, it, it throws an interception, a, or sorry, a fumble, return oh. for a touchdown right before half, killer, and then comes out and makes three incredible throws to get us down the field and get us a field goal to get some momentum going in halftime. Then you're down 21-3 at mile high in Denver. Place is going crazy. They're ready for a victory. They're ready ugly, to party. It was an ugly 21. Russell was doing whatever he wanted. He was cooking. Yeah, Russell yeah. was cooking there. We, we and, almost gave him MVP resurgence right there. Absolutely. And the stones on Sam Howell to come back, to make those throws. And uh, again, this is a league where the, the difference between best and worst is so small. That margin of error is so small. That throw to Terry McLaurin to tie the game up. In triple coverage, Beautiful. baby. In triple Beautiful. coverage. Massive I mean, stones on the kid. That's a franchise quarterback. That is a franchise quarterback I mean, throw. That's a ball that Heineke throws last year too, right? Like the, but the difference was with Heineke. It would take Heineke two minutes to get there in three throws. Right, but and with Heineke, you knew it was a 50-50 ball. There was a lot. No, like, Heineke's throwing that ball with his eyes closed. Sure, I'm saying He's as trained. a fan watching on TV, there's more confidence. I just, I believe Sam knows where. I mean, he had some some absolute dimes. Well, right? and I'll give you another one. I'm sorry. I'm, I get excited, I get excited when I talk about Sam Howell. I mean, there I'm was excited. A, you're excited. You're getting me excited. There was a one, third one and 12 four. that Sam Howell dropped back. There was no one open, and he had a great rush. He eluded three guys, yeah. ran to the sideline, and got the first down. There are third and longs that I don't now already know the ball will be thrown before the line of scrimmage, and there's no chance they can get it. There is no third and long that Sam Howell cannot get right now in this offense. That's incredible. I'm psyched. I've never been more excited than hearing Stevie. <laughs> I'm excited Steve, about this team. <laughs> usually he's the one that's down on the team. He's usually the one that's yeah, down. Yeah, this is amazing. This is yes, amazing. Uh, don't punch your ticket to the Super Bowl. You know, keep it in check. They're going to lose more games. They're going to win. That's the normal Stevie. I like this, this version of Stevie. As, listen, as much love as I want to give Howell, and, and Stevie gave Howell all the love and, and, and more, you still have to pivot back to EB because I've been saying it since, since the hire – I don't think people realize just how much Scott Turner was handicapping the offensive weapons that we had on this team. And when you see EB, and it kind of goes to what Stevie was saying about that Arizona game and coming back in after the fumble or being down 21-3, yeah, Howell was doing what he needed to do, and it was amazing for it being his third game, third start ever, whatever. But it was the adjustments that we were making that EB was responsible for, actual halftime adjustments where we saw something 
went into the locker room and came out completely different. We started having 12 formations where we had two tight ends chipping with the tackles, giving Howell a little bit more time. The line wasn't getting so destroyed as fast. Not as many long uh, drop back passes. We, we cut it back to three or five steps. Like we made adjustments for to give Howell a chance to not get eaten alive by that defense. And it was so refreshing to see that, okay, that's not working. Let's start going to running back screens. Let's start going to Brian Robinson between the tackles. Let's start doing these things. And then we started churning. It started working. And we and had I, our I wanna, way with that Denver defense. And you you touched on the on the tight ends. People expect Bates to be just a – I mean, Bates had a beautiful – he ran a perfect route, and that ball fell perfectly in his lap down the Absolutely. sideline, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. And the other, the other tight end, who a lot of us, myself included, wrote off and said, you know what, maybe he's not serviceable. Logan, on a fourth down, mind you, held on to the ball. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I watched that play even in the highlight package. How do you hold on to that ball? Like, I, I don't know if that's yeah, like muscle I mean, memory. I don't know what's going on. The call was gutsy to go for it on fourth. I think in any previous year, maybe I'm wrong, but Ron takes the points. Doesn't he just kick the field goal and move on? I, I don't. I, mean, I don't know I, if it's going for it. Yeah, usually with Riverboat Ron in Carolina would have gone for it, but then when he yeah, got I'm here, Riverboat yeah. turned into a pontoon boat, and then we had kicking disasters, and then we tied with Giants constantly. Like that. That's kind of what happened up until EB came back. Yeah, came I, I mean, there are there are the big question mark coming in aside uh, QB play aside coming into the season. So how is this offensive line going to be able to hold up under? constant pressure especially against our division rivals i mean the cowboys and we'll talk about them in a little bit you can you can challenge that they really haven't played anybody but they look really mean on defense the eagles maybe maybe a smidge worse than they were last year but they're still an elite defense the, the o-line has played well right they, they haven't been an issue um and 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 fp you alluded to this you actually pointed it out They've come with jumbo packages. They've come with delayed screens. They've come with extra, extra men on the field, extra bodies in place to buy Howell that extra half second. And to Howell's credit, like he's he's not afraid to step up in the pocket and just just throw a scorching, just a, uh, an absolute bullet down the middle of the field. And he did it a couple times. I think John had one, Jahan had one uh, for like 25 yards, uh, I think in the third quarter, right down the middle of the field. I mean, you look at the box score and it's there's no one – player really that stands out from a from a from an offensive perspective with maybe with the exception of brian robinson you know mclaurin had five for 54 bates three for 46 right and he had that one long one gibson had three for 44 but that's it i mean diami had three catches uh, Jahan had three for 22 and that's kind of it right logan had the, the two for 22 and and a and a, the, one of the touchdowns and curtis had three so like for for me like when i look at a young quarterback like you had nine have, nine players with at least two receptions. Most he doesn't in have one, history. He doesn't have one specific, you know, person that he's just constantly right. feeding. It's the scheme, and, and this is where I tip my hat completely to to be enemy. It's a scheme. Like he can scheme players open, and you know, it's it shouldn't surprise us, but it, I mean, it surprises me that it's working here. But this is what he did in Kansas City for a long time. I, I, I want to go back to that O-line point because it's an important point is the O-line is never going to be the strength of this team. The strength of the team is going to be its defensive line, its defense, and potentially the playmakers that are, are, are on the offensive side. But what the O-line did is they did enough 
to give Sam Howell enough time to make the throws he needed to make. Sure. They Eric Bieniemy to, to FP's point had a great game plan with the screens, the misdirections. You, you know, making sure that they had some misdirection in there to get them in space. And in the second half, they mauled the defense, yeah. the Denver defense line where yeah. Brian Robinson was churning. And I mean, Brian Robinson, we've got to talk about him later at least, but that O-line in the second half took over the game. Once they tied it up and they got back to that running game, they, they really mauled the defensive. Uh, I mean, remember that's, that's the beauty of the running game is like offensive linemen prefer run blocking over pass blocking. Pass blocking, you're waiting for that edge that edge rusher to make his move and you have to defend it. Run blocking, you get to be aggressive. You get to go out and, and try to make Smets. it I hop on that field and get pancakes all over the place. Like you you like run blocking. So when that starts churning, your linemen just get a little bit more into it, get a little bit more aggressive, and and that's when they start mauling. And then still going back, how a lot of the sacks that were occurred against the Cardinals and against the Broncos. It was, it's almost a 50, 50 split between Howell's inexperience and delay causing the sacks and then just kind of the line causing the sacks. But what you can see, or at least what I saw very clearly from the Cardinals to the Broncos is exactly what everybody was saying about Howell in preseason and in training camp is he sees, he can, he makes a mistake or he sees something wrong. He doesn't do it again. Right. So he, week he makes, one yes. the adjustments yeah, week quick. one he would he would roll out he wouldn't step up into the pocket week two it took him a second but then he started playing with the pocket a little bit more and he started being a little bit more mobile and he started becoming a little bit more elusive and it's just as time goes the better howell gets the more comfortable howell gets the better the o line is going to look because i don't think they're actually giving up as many sacks or 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 having oh, as much they, issues as we think they are they've exceeded expectations to date I think more reps is they're going to improve. I mean, For generally, sure. generally they're going to get better as the season progresses. Uh, and 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 Brian Robinson they haven't played anybody. It's true. They haven't it's played true. anybody. Okay. They played two have- teams in the bottom third of the league. I'm just just I'm I'm psyched. I mean, I'm the, still psyched. The Broncos, okay, the Broncos aren't a bad defense. Nobody nobody going into the year said the Broncos are a bad defense. And that Cardinals defense, I, I mean, they had the Giants down 28-0. Yeah, I mean, Stevie's got a for, point. For three I mean, quarters. I, I can't name a defensive lineman. Broncos, I mean, given what we saw on, on Sunday, the Broncos may I mean, have like Randy Gregory or whatever, the guy from the Cowboys. He, yeah, he owns us every year. He's on PEDs. <laughs> well, look, they started the game one way, they ended it another way, right? So, like, Brian Robinson, let's talk about him for just a second. He's a really hard... Like it's hard to compare him to any other running back because his running style, like he, it, it, there's there's times where he reminds me of someone like a Jerome Bettis, right? He's smaller, but he just wants to run through people. He's not trying to outrun anybody. He's trying to he's not trying to necessarily get to the corner and turn upfield. And there's other times where he's like, he's got some he's got some shiftiness behind the line, you know. But he's, I don't I don't know. Like I don't I don't have a good comparison for him. I don't think he's a, he's like when we look back at his career, maybe just a, we look back at the season, he's going to average like 3.8 to 4.2, 4.5 yards per carry, but they're going to be hard yards, right? I, I, he's not going to run away from anyone, but he, he's the type of running back that just grinds you down, right? Play after play. And you get tired of tackling guys like that as the game progresses. And I think having him as the lead back 
with Gibson coming in to spell him and do some of the, the, the pass catching out of the backfield, I think that's a win for both of them. Fantasy stats and fantasy world aside, I think that's the better utilization for both of those backs. And then mix in the others wherever you see fit. Gibson looked good in the few chances that he got. He came in, he chip blocked, he got open, he waited for the ball, and then he, he turned and went downfield. You know, that's not his natural position, but I think you're going to get better play out of the position playing the running back at running back and using Gibson, you know, kind of dispelling in those, those, you know, maybe more complex packages. But I, I, I was really encouraged by, you know, by what they were doing offensively, specifically in the run game. And again, like Howell, we haven't really seen him turn up field and just go. Um, and that's kind of encouraging too, because so much of the offense, you know, in years past has been predicated on, or even just around the league in general, you know, you, you look at the hype around these young quarterbacks, these, these rookies in particular that are, you know, they're, they're two-way, they're going to go run and run and run. Howell seems more interested in staying in the pocket, reading the defense, and then making a pass. Traditionally, those quarterbacks have been more successful than the ones that just want to get out into space and run. So it, it's encouraging all around. Um, the boy can scoot, though, Joe. Howell can scoot. He's mobile. It's, yeah. it's, re- it's refreshing that he doesn't He doesn't just – it's not as like he default setting. Right? right? His default setting is not, I'm going to run away. It's – let me read the defense. I need that extra half second. I'm going to make the right pass. You know, and again, he's going to, he's, he's played three games in the NFL. Like yeah. what, what more could you ask for out of your, your basically rookie quarterback than this type of start to his career and just see the confidence grow little by little week after week. It's really encouraging. It's about to get a lot harder. Yeah. Listen, the bills, was yeah. the, the bills before the season, we said like, this was their first real game right where with a team that with a known entity offensively and somewhat defensively but you know what the bills look beatable i mean they 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 laid an absolute i mean they gave up they gave up a win to the zach wilson led jets right in week one so like this is a beatable team you know the 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 secondary let's talk about forbes for a second right he got burned on two different long plays one went for a touchdown turned around got his first career interception and 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 I, i was gonna we're going to do a little segment where we, we hype up one player and we apologize to one. And we'll do that in just a minute, but the defense, the defense is insane right now. They get better as the game progresses. Jerron Payne is playing at, he's the, he might be the best. He's the defensive MVP right now. Maybe short of Micah. Right now I would, I would give, yeah, him and Micah would be. He owned, he, he, he literally had three tackles uh, and forced a three and out by himself. And that's before you get to chase Montez. Montez is playing out of his mind. I mean, who's your defensive MVP, MVP from that game? If you had to pick one guy, one yeah, I mean, guy, Deron, Deron Payne has to be Deron Payne. A sack, a tackle for loss, a swatted pass, three and out, and he immediately wakes that defense up. And then, I mean, all due respect to Chase, Tez having a great game. Kind of shocking that Jonathan Allen, who had a good game is not even being mentioned, right? His name like, wasn't even called once during the broadcast. As as great as Payne is doing, it's because Jonathan Allen is kind of absorbing all the 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 double team in the trash, right? Listen, so, when you have when you have units, when you have a defensive front that is this good, they yeah. get a name, right? This is a nameable. Like these guys deserve a nickname. They deserve a moniker because they are they are nasty. They get better as the game progresses and they have proven now that they can literally take over a game. We, I mean, you look to the 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 elite elite front four defenses, the D lines over the years. Like, 
go find me a better one than this one right now. And I'm not talking about one amazing player. I'm talking about three, four, five potentially different guys that can get home, chase a quarterback, blow up a play. This is this is a ridiculous amount of talent. And I mean, you, that, that... Chase, Chase looking like the guy they drafted second overall and not the guy from his second season, it, it was... I mean, I, I'm going to apologize to Jace. I'm, I'm, let me, let, let's just pivot into this real quick, okay? Wait, wait, wait. Come on. I, I had a good pull, Joe. Right, go ahead. Before the show, I was impressing you with my old Redskins knowledge of old yes. random players' numbers. numbers. Yes. I'll give you the best uh, moniker for the front four was the Giants in 07, the Four Horsemen. No, this is not better than the Purple People Eaters. Oh, come on. Yes, I'm saying Midway, Steel Curtain. That that but the four horsemen they had those four pass rushers. That's why I actually think the the comparison is very similar. Where they had OC and Strahan and uh, Justin Tuck and I can't remember the fourth guy. Um, but I'll, I'll give you the underrated player who changed the game outside of Deron Payne. You're gonna take and my it, guy. Don't take my guy. Uh, go ahead. Big Jamin. Take him. Take him. Yep. I mean, that's where I thought you were going, FP. Is, uh, yeah, yeah Deron Payne had that three and out, the Deron Payne three and out. But that game changed on the fumble. And I will apologize to Jamin Davis if I'm stealing Joe here. I apologize because I did not know how fast you were end to end. I did not know that you could cover that much ground end to end and get a very fast quarterback in Russell Wilson. Who knew that that boy, when he was coming downhill, you knew it was Jamin Davis. Because those other linebackers cannot run that fast. He's that boy. Yes, yes. He played. It's two weeks in a row now where he has made significant plays, right? And and nobody, you could argue that nobody benefits more on that defensive unit as a unit than Jamin when the when that front line is just pounding away at people. So yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna apologize to Chase, right? Because I called him a bum and I said he wasn't worth you know anything and et cetera, et cetera. He looked, he looked phenomenal. He, he looked so good. I, I said he was going to play 13 snaps. He was going to get injured and, and you know, just go dance, like just go hype himself, basically. I was completely wrong. I, I 100% retract everything I said. He played tremendous football from start to finish. He looked good. He looked healthy. He looked, he looked menacing. I mean, the, the, the one play late in the game where him and, and, and Sweat basically met each other and and sandwiched uh Russ. Eiffel Towered. Eiffel Towered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to get too graphic, but yes, a hundred percent. You know, Joe, I disagree. I what? disagree. I still think I, I'm not on the Chase Young. Steve, I know he I know you, you couldn't have asked for a better game from him. Honestly, Stevie's right. Stevie's right. And I was I saying it too. Gotta, wrong. I think you, you gotta watch the tape a little bit more, but I think he runs himself out of plays too much. Hundred percent. I think Four he goes upfield way too many times. Play. No, Stevie, I mean, I, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Listen, I love everything Chase did, and and welcome back, Chase, and you got your sack, and and you do look closer to rookie season Chase than second year, but do it again. That's it. Just do it again. Show it to me again against the Bills. Show it to me again against the Bears yeah, or whoever you, comes in after. We were, we were expecting less than nothing out of Chase. We got so much out of him. He, you, you, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I, something, I, to Chase, and I'm gonna hype Jamin. I mean, I want to take 
the the fumble like he, he he stayed with plays he may never live up to the the draft hype or or like the expectation based on where he was drafted but he is playing some great football right now he's locked in i, I i'm really impressed with Jamin davis and look the 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 linebackers are the that's the weakest unit of the of the the commanders you know defensive unit on a whole if they play the way they played against the broncos consistently throughout the season they're going to win a ton of games and more importantly the linebackers won't cost them big ones right we'll see how they match up with like legitimate tight ends pass catching tight ends that's going to continue to be a problem but the secondary looked good too we didn't hear like did we hear did we hear curl's name called uh once fuller's once they picked on forbes a bit right he got burned for the long touchdown he got burned for another long completion he ended up having an interception you know i i, I will say i almost i He's got to learn to bat the ball down at the end of the game. I mean, they can't, you can't be trying to pad your stats that late in the game. You just got to knock it down. But I mean, again, he's a rookie. He's played two games in the NFL. He's taking on, you know, Jerry Judy in this case and Cortland Southern. Like, I was expecting more out of the Broncos. And this was kind of my last comment on the game. And we could pivot to some of the other stuff we want to talk about. I was expecting more out of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. That doesn't look like it's an arrangement that's going to work long term. Wilson in the first half was doing the the finger guns and looked like he was you know having a blast. Man, the wheels came off so fast. They can't run the he, ball. He looked like he didn't care at all after the fumble. Yeah, and, just, and don't talk to like me about mile there. high and altitude. They looked gassed. Beat I mean, juice, baby. Beat juice. Whatever they were doing on, on the the commander's side, keep doing it. But the but Broncos we, gassed and they looked bad. Can we, we we need to we need to backtrack a little bit. You can't apologize to Jamin without apologizing to Ron Rivera. And that's me. I need to apologize. Who's making these rules? I need to apologize to Ron Rivera because he said it. I mean, none of us understood Jamin being drafted in the first, right? None of us understood it. Ron Rivera said two things about him. He has elite speed. He's rough around the edges. Once he gets there, he's going to start making plays. It looks like that time has come. And the other reason you need to apologize to Ron, and it kind of goes with sort of the draft room mentality. If you're going to assume he is GM above GMs, then you you give him credit where draft room credit is due, and that's drafting back, giving the Saints Olave, and that netting you B-Rob, Howell, uh, Cole Turner, and Jahan Dotson. Yeah. That is your core offense plus it's Terry. The opposite of the RG3 trade. It's the Yeah. Like you, you netted a plus four positive core offense for Chris yeah. Olave, who by all means looks exactly as elite as Jahan Dotson, or Dotson looks as elite as him. So apologies to Ron Rivera. You get all my respect while we're two and just like that. No, I'm not, I mean, okay, while we're two and oh, if you get if you somehow make three and oh, uh, I mean, baby, you want to talk about how he's responsible for uh, for Joey Sly? Oof. Jo- uh, yeah, you want to re- revisit that one? It's the cheese guy, it's the cheese yeah, guy, it's not Joey Sly. Okay, yeah, it's the long snapper. You drafted a long snapper. If you're going to spend draft capital on a long snapper and he can't snap the ball. I, I, Joe, I thought I thought you'd be at Redskins Park today. They were having tryouts for long snapper. I, I love to. I'll send my boy Mina, Mina, Mina Y. <laughs> As I'm on Sunday. 
He looks like he can still rip it too. <laughs> Not only did we draft the long snapper, we traded up to draft the long snapper. Okay. Right, right. But this is the same Ron who a couple seasons ago traded away or cut our long snapper, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh and then no, he, he, he cut our kicker before Joey Sly, and we had to we watch had several before it come out. Blue it had to come out. You had a field goal That's kicker right. named Blue It. I want to talk about right himself. You're right, you're right, you're right. Are we you're gonna right. talk about OBJ and Kim Kardashian dating? We, I mean, OBJ played is an that entire why he, he played one quarter, of football, one quarter of football, and he is done. Um, isn't speaking that what, of done, isn't that what Kim does to can we brother uh, athletes? Did, did anyone, how do we feel about the doubleheader Monday night games? Trash. No, you, if you have two good games, it's great. You you, games. Never going to yeah. happen. Two good games. Personally, is, are either of you enjoying the YouTube multi box, multi view thing on Sundays with the red zone? I, I personally love it. Stevie, you're not you're not watching that way? I, I tried it. I mean, I, I I like just red zone. I'd rather have two screens. Red zone, skins. <laughs> okay, okay. You're, you're no. a legacy guy. I like to trust Scott Hansen. I don't I, I'm a legacy guy because I don't cord cut. Well, that's a different... I actually, have, I actually have a cable box. Did you see the Chubb injury in real time yesterday, Stevie? Uh, no. Do you know what we're talking about? <laughs> I, do. I do. Is that a euphemism for something? <laughs> I, I, <I'm, laughs> well, I mean, there was an immediate conversation of like that was like the it was so bad we're not going to show it on TV. It, it's it's bad. Um, do you by chance remember Prescott's injury in 2020 where his like bone is legitimately coming out of his skin? I mean, that one was worse. Or no, Alex Smith, that one was worse too. Wait, wait, wait. I, I got a soapbox that I got to get on. Is uh, Someone got on my case, okay? The person may or may not be actually listening. Someone got on my case that I let my children watch UFC fighting, okay? I'm a UFC guy. They like watching UFC. And I made the case that football is infinitely more vicious and, and more dangerous than UFC. I, I don't know any UFC fighters that have taken their lives prematurely from CTE-related injuries. I don't know any UFC guys that in the middle of a fight have gone down and they've had to end the fight earlier. They've had to stop the entire thing. Oh, uh, I mean, there's been... Well, obviously, that happens every fight, but I'm saying they get up. Is what I'm I'll saying. give you football is more dangerous. It's, well, it's not as gruesome on the broadcast. You could argue it's that football difference. is more dangerous because, they're one, they're, they've got equipment. Theoretically, that enables harder hits, more speed, et cetera, right? Um, they're also athletes that aren't like combat and sports. I'm, I'm, and you're, you're training to to you're training to be hit, right? Combat sports is not necessarily so much about like yes, you're you're training to hit people, but you're also like trained to like absorb hits. It's an art form. Yeah. Sure, yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. What happened to Chubb yesterday? Like no one's knee bends that way. Like that's not a like no one signs up for that. Um, I sent it to you, Stevie, if you want to watch it. No, I, I, I've seen it. And what I'm trying to get at, there's a larger – are we going to talk about the, the Patriots fan? Are we going to talk about that? RIP, man. That's not yeah, okay. I mean, that, that's too sad. This uh, is a culture sure. that is – there's not one person in this podcast. I don't know about FP, but I know Joe, who will go to a Redskins game with their children. I, I wouldn't take my, skin, my kids to a – There's uh, no way. Uh, there's no way. 
unless I'm in a suite and it's it's only like controlled, literally, and I have immediate access out. No, there's no way. We've, there's we've something seen, something we've needs to be done. FP, you're you're a guy's guy. The beer, I'm, I'm fine. Something needs to be done. No, I mean I, I completely agree. I, I nobody's saying that there isn't violence around it. You see what happens in the before a Bills game out in the stadium. I mean, people are. Yeah, well, Bill, Bills fans are notoriously some of the the best fans I, in the league. I understand, but, and but if they just want to jump through tables, that's fine. It's not fine it's though, not, because the league celebrates that, right? And ESPN puts it on their pregame show. So how is yeah. ESPN not culpable when this stuff happens? They are. Only when it goes loves, bad do they they ESPN, they let these ESPN guys go. Loves, ESPN loves when it goes bad. Think about the last three Monday night games that we had. Right, Chubb with his leg injury, Aaron Rodgers with his injury, and what was the one right before that? The last one last year, Kamar Hamlin dies on the field. Those are your last three Monday night games. Yeah, Tra- well, tra- that, the Hamlin tragedy, tragedy. Yeah, uh, they're they're like, in, our, it. in our youth, it. they used to like the NFL used to sell like the biggest hits on like VHS you know. or whatever. Right, that that's not the same league anymore. And I think, Stevie, you make an interesting point with regards to the fans. At what point does the league become, you know, uh, an accessory, right? Or or an enabler, right? That you're celebrating the fandom so much. Like, Bill's Mafia is this notorious, crazy, like, they're all finger-banging each other in the parking lot or during the game, and they're jumping off of tables, and they're lighting each other on fire. I you said that correctly. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I did. I can send the video. I mean, I think you guys know what I'm talking about. You've seen it, right? So... Like they, they do sounds like a Lauren Boebert date. Hey, <laughs> we're watching Beetlejuice over here. <laughs> a first date. A first date. How long was that ride home? Like, how long was that ride home? Um, save that for the other show because that that's a topic worth unpacking. That's a great I mean, first date for that guy. Would Would you be opposed? I know. I think I know FP's answer. I would not be opposed if they stop selling alcoholic games. Uh. uh I mean, I it's care. never going to happen. I know. I'm just saying. Well, I think would, about it. I, I, I wouldn't be, be opposed if they stopped doing alcohol or if they stopped uh, all the sports book commercials. Yeah, well, Nothing you know, around NFL advertising or anything is wholesome anymore. It's not a wholesome league. No. No. It, yeah, and that and that's correct. It's not. It, it shouldn't be billed as a wholesome league, right? Like UFC is not advertised explicitly as at kids per se, right? But the the NFL shouldn't be either. Like the NFL 360 and run play and like that sport and what, what we see on TV and what's glorified on TV. They're, they're not the same thing. I'm not okay with starting to say, well, so look, if you, if you take away, you know, alcohol in the stadium, you're just going to get more people in the parking lot, pre-gaming, like more, uh, more, more recklessness, right. Before the game, it leads to more problems. Yeah. So like there's a culture here, right. And, and it's not, it's not a surprise that if you go, you know, the, the, you're probably going to have a, a larger problem in a Buffalo or in a, in a green Bay than you would necessarily in an Arizona or even in a Miami where the, where the population tends to be a little bit older and a little bit more subdued or a little bit more fair weather. Maybe is the better term, right? Just, the, it's just the reality. Yeah, but I mean, this, this is a hundred percent by design because if you were to look at the NHL, right, everybody, Without thinking, they're going to say, oh, hockey's more violent than football. I mean, they, they have actual fights on the ice. Fans love it, right? Players throw gloves and they fight. That's good, yeah. Yet somehow, 
it is more wholesome, right? You're you watch a hockey game, you take your kids, you do whatever. It's it's a more wholesome experience altogether, even though like the violence or the fighting is is still integral to the sport yeah. itself. I, I do agree in the sense that like the way I watch football now versus the way I watched it maybe 10 years ago is very different. Right. Like it's not, it used to be, and it's not just because the team in Washington has fluctuated in various degrees or levels of, of non-competitiveness. It's because my interests have, ch- have changed. The game is actually like a bad football game. This is, a, here's a hot take. A bad football game is damn near unwatchable. Right. Like last night, like I, I can't, I, I can watch a bad basketball game. I can watch a bad soccer match. I can watch bad tennis. Bad football, when you look at the amount of time you have to invest in the actual game, like to sit down and watch it, the amount of commercialization, the 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 dick uh, the dick medicine and the this and the other thing and the, every commercial break, like last night was not fun. Those games were not yeah, to good. Just, to just watch six field goals back and forth, it's terrible. Yeah, so like that, there's no solution to that, right? And I know, I know there'll be comments tomorrow on this, like when people's uh. Yeah, of course you 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 don't like football. If you like defensive battles are amazing. No, no, they're not. Like, just shut up. Nobody wants to watch a defensive struggle, right? This is not the the two thousand Ray Lewis Ravens where you're, they're they're chasing history with, you know, what they were doing. This is not that, right? Everybody wants to see. And and frankly, you're gonna you get more bad games than you do good ones in the NFL. I think that's another that's another piece of this that I don't think people fully connect or realize. There's only so many Bills Chiefs. And even this iteration of the Chiefs is not what we've been accustomed to over the last couple of years. So, yeah, you know, Eagles, Bills, okay, that might be a fun, you know, you know, shootout, right? People want to—that's what I want to see now, right? If I'm going to sit down and, and I'm going to give you three hours of my time, I want to see points, I want to see big plays, I want to see big passes, and they've tweaked the rules to allow for that. But bad football is still is like it's terrible. It's well, terrible. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Joe. I was just gonna say I think. Macro level, I think the NFL is running itself into a really, really big problem 15 to 20 years down the road where my kids don't want to play football. My kid, if he did want to play football, we'd only put him in flag football, right? And we wouldn't put him in tackle football because I'm, 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 I'm a, I've read up on this stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the know kind of thing. And so I think you're talking like CTE and potential for long term. Yeah. I just think the NFL is having a real problem recruiting athletes i think the premier athletes now are playing basketball and baseball i think there's more money to be had it's a better career opportunity and yeah. so what's left are kids that kids that you know are, are coming from kind of inner cities that don't know any better or parents don't know any better and they need to make a quick buck and that's what's left in the nfl so they're just going to get wow. the scraps what's happening now with and with that comes lack of form yeah you know. yes exactly lack of discipline you're not teaching fundamentals, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're everyone's trying to create a, a mixtape, right? It, we saw this. I mean, it's not, it's not that dissimilar to what happened with the NBA, right? The reason most people can't identify players in the NBA now is because most of those players didn't go to college. They didn't play two or three years, right? They came through and they, they really didn't even go through high school, right? They came up through AAU programs. They go wherever they can go to get the maximum, the best exposure to get drafted. And then they go wherever they go. It's very different than when you had, you know, a North Carolina squad with, you know, Antoine Jameson and uh, Vince Carter and Rashid Wallace, like all these guys on this, you don't have that anymore. It doesn't exist. Right? But 
what saved the NBA is different than football is the European uh, uh, influx yes, of talent. I, that, and You're not going to get that in the NFL. Yeah, you, you won't get right. that in the NFL. And and in reality, <clears throat> the NFL now is about it's it's highlight reels. I mean, it it just is right. So right. you're not. I mean, I think FP said it perfectly, right? You, you're, as a defensive player, you you have to make a name for yourself. You're going to be a little bit more reckless. Now, what happened to Chubb is not a good example of that. That was just a freak situation where one defender was, was like, you couldn't see him. It was, yeah. Why, it, it I mean, was, why why is Minka diving at his legs when he's already being stopped? No, I mean, I mean that's, that's lack of fundamentals. That's Madden hit stick. I'm going to, I'm just going to go for the hit without, yeah, any kind you, of it's a fair thought. it's a fair it's a fair argument, right? I mean, you can't remove injuries from from football, right? And, no, and but I, the the injuries becoming more and more and more gruesome, right? But is, is that is due that to lack more of more, that maybe because the athletes are getting bigger and faster, so the collisions no, get harder. No, no the, these athletes aren't bigger and faster than the, the eighty five bears, right? The eighty five bears would I think they are. No, they're they're not. Anytime I mean, you compare eras of sport, the modern era is always going to win, every single time. Are you are you telling me if if Lawrence Taylor was in his prime right now, he'd be Rocky McIntosh in the modern NFL? No, he he, he doesn't would be have doing to, no. He no. Would, no. Christian Okoye, Christian Okoye is not is not running for uh fifteen hundred yards in the modern NFL. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The defense is too good. They're too big. They're too fast. They're too strong. The, the schemes are different. The, no, 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 no. That's a no. solid get, Joe. I, I, I think he was number thirty-five too. <laughs> yes, he was. I mean, boy, was what the, trivia night did you I know, go to? I'm you? Saying. He came straight from trivia night. That, yeah, that's is that why we had the thirty-minute late start. Come like, on, hey, you think you think Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders can play in, in like in the modern in these modern leagues today? Could they if play? They were Bo- in their prime. Deion, a hundred percent. I mean, I, uh, okay. 100%. I, I, I think, I think your point, Joe, is that Dion could play, but he wouldn't be anything special. He would, he would be also, but yeah, he would be, it would be average. Yeah. Would be, no, I think he would be right. special because he has, right. look at, look at the, the NBA the elite the skill plus the, the no. fundamentals. When he, you was, look at somebody like Forbes skill. or Sauce Gardner, where they're just two twigs and all they know is, my so point is that they're sprinting down the field and look at look at I'll use the NBA as an uh, just as an example here, right? Like you have an entire generation of players that modeled their game after Michael Jordan, right? And now you've got the next generation that have modeled it after loosely after Kobe Bryant. Okay, so you went from having a league where seven footers basically just stood under the basket and rebounded the ball and occasionally dunked it, right? The Chris Mims of the world, right? Couldn't make a free throw, like you can't ask him to go do anything on the post. Don't tell them to go set a screen by the three-point line, whatever. One generation, two generations later, all five players can handle the ball, right? Everybody yeah, shoots threes from half court. We're, we're at the third generation. You, you stopped at Kobe. The, the next generation's on to Steph. They're on to Curry. They're on to 35-foot. Look at football. Look, look at football. What Randall Cunningham did, what Randall Cunningham did, what Donovan McNabb did. Um, what was that the, the big dude, uh, the like half – Dante um, – Culpepper? Vikings, yeah, Culpepper. Thank you. Right, you look at Michael Vick. Look, look at look at just the, the 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 running quarterback model. Look at how it's evolved. All of them run, right? They can run. Look at look at what Lamar is doing now. If you pick up Lamar and drop him into the uh, the two thousand Vikings or whatever whatever 
whatever team Dante Culpepper was was captaining with Randy Moss, he's gonna win. He's gonna win this the rushing title, the passing title. He's gonna be the MVP of the. He's gonna win everything, right? Because they, they these yeah. no the have grown up looking. You at also have to. You also have to change the rule set, right? Like yeah, I mean, I'm just saying they could get hit back then. They can't get hit now, right? But Lamar game, can't stay healthy right now, and he's not allowed to get hit. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm just saying as the game evolves, the players that play the game get better, right? That's why when people compare, you know, the the, the 96 Bulls and the 2000 Lakers and the, the 2011 or 2012 or 2015 Warriors, right? The Durant Warriors. You you can't compare those teams, right? The, the the Lakers would have they would have beaten the Bulls. The Bulls would have beaten any team in the 60 years before them handily because they could dribble, pass, and rebound at all five positions. The Lakers, you know, maybe just because they're bruisers, maybe they beat the Bulls, maybe they don't. Both the Bulls and the Lakers of those those super super teams, they both lose to the Warriors because you've got four positions that shoot three pointers. And you can't guard them. It's like the game evolves and the athletes that play it evolve. That, that's all I'm saying, right? So, I mean, there, there's like objective facts in the sense of like you look at baseball and, you know, you look at like I'm just making up numbers now, but they're obviously true. You look at like 1990, there was like 15 pitches that were over 100 miles an hour. Now you have guys that are pitching over 100 miles an hour, you know, 50 pitches in one game. And so the pitching in Major League Baseball has like totally surpassed what it once was. And so those are, you know, th- th- those are numbers that are just clearly evident. And so, yeah, the game has evolved. Players have evolved. Athletes. Athletes you know, are faster. They're stronger. John Riggins was a running back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't have to pick on him, but there was a lot. Of- I, I love Riggo. Okay? He brought back the Redskins thing with the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, is Mike Allstott, is he, is he, is he rostered in a league right now, even in his prime? R.I.P. No, is he? He's not dead. Mike Alston. Well, what was the jersey number since you were on the on a jersey? Uh, I'll go forty-eight, but I just made that up. I don't think so. I think Stephen Davis. That's Stephen Davis. <laughs> number. I know Stephen Davis. Forty-eight was on top of eighty-two, pounding Michael Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. All right, boys. One more topic, and then we'll call it a night. Let's go. Uh, let's go around the league. Let's go uh, top five, low five. I'm gonna give you mine first. Tell me where you're different, all right? Let's go low five. Bears are the absolute worst team in the league. They should be demoted to to college or maybe even high school. Justin Fields, his career is over. He's not going to play quarterback anymore in this league. I'm going Bears as the worst team in the league. No specific order after that. Texans, Panthers, Broncos, and Cardinals. Cardinals, kind of impressive, to be very honest. They've hung in two games that they really had no business playing. They don't. They legitimately don't have a quarterback, and they're playing better than the Bears, who do have a quarterback, or at least one they invested in. So that's my low five uh, going into week three. Uh, Bears, Texans, Panthers, Cardinals, Broncos. Any team that you want to put in there, Stevie or FP? Any team that I left out? There's a lot of bad teams. I mean, Colts. Can I, can I, it, it has. I mean, this is going to be a hot take, but I'm I'm going Browns <laughs> after the loss of Chubb. I mean, they're done. Well, and they're, they're locked in with Watson, who is hot garbage, just Low absolutely average. terrible. And they can't afford to get rid of him for another two and a half years. I, I mean, if you go Browns, I go Steelers. They they are very bad. Steelers I mean, at least, bad. yeah. yeah. Titans, uh, maybe the Titans are okay. 
There are a lot of bad teams. There's a lot of there's a lot of mediocre teams, but I mean, does anyone disagree that the Bears the Bears are in a lot of trouble? Bears Bears are absolutely the worst. Yeah, they're, they're, it'd be nice to see them on a Thursday night. Uh, two weeks, I believe, right? Two or three mm-hmm. weeks. We get them three here. weeks. Yep. All right, now let's look at uh, best teams around the league. I'll give you uh, number one for me, 49ers. I think they played another complete game. They look good doing it. Cowboys, I think uh, I was I was inclined to move them up, but I left them where they were. And Eagles, uh, one, two, three, same as last week for me. Actually, and four. Dolphins, I had at four. I, they remain at four. Um, dropping the Jacksonville Jaguars, I am promoting the Lions, even though they did not look as good in week two. I still think they're legit. I think they play defense. I think they can run the ball. I think they got a softer schedule. Um, I'm going Lions, and I'll shout out bubble team here, Chiefs. Kelsey makes that team look so much different offensively. So 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles, Dolphins, one, two, three, four. I'm going to stick with the Lions at five for now. Chiefs are at six. Who do you guys have that I don't? I'm upping the Ravens over Lions and Chiefs. Damn. Because Lamar is Lamar is playing really, really well. If OBJ does come back healthy, he wasn't they, doing anything. They, uh, I mean, he, he he just got on the team. You got to give him a What's chance. The rookies, the rookies, killing it. Uh, Zay, Zay Flowers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a Harbaugh coach team. They're they're two and zero. They're they're looking fantastic right now. Their defense never struggles, and it looks like they're. Their new OC really has Lamar somehow yeah. sitting in the pocket passing and not being Lamar and, and running all over the field. So FP, where little... do you uh, where do you have the commanders right now? I had them at 12 last week. I'm gonna keep them at 12 this week. Where do you have them now? Uh I think I had them at like a 16-15. I could bump them up to like a 12-11. There is a lot of quarterbacks out there that I would not take over Howell. Stevie, where you got them? There's a lot of bad teams. I think they've done (laughs) enough to be a top 10 to 12 team. I I can't. And if they win, if they beat the Bills, are you going to, are you, are we talking 10, 9, 8? Yeah. I'm talking top five. Top five. (laughs) Three and oh, three and oh would be hard to argue with, but. Look, look, Bill said the, one and two. There's going to be a lot of people saying, hey, maybe they're not as good as we think they are. I, 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 I don't think that. I mean, look, they got Bills and Eagles these next two weeks. You got to find a way to win one, right? I know week, the season, season 17 weeks. I get it. But if you look at, at it in quarters, you got to go three and one, three and one, three and one, three and one. So I, I, I think you need to find a way to win one of these. The, the What I was going to say, I agree with you on those top five teams. I, like I said, I think the Ravens could jump in there. But those top three, 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles, main thing they have in common is they have players that change the game on the defensive side. And they have like all-world pass rushers in Bosa, Parsons, Hassan Reddick, Jalen Carter on the Eagles. I mean, that, that whole Fletcher Cox. So – that is this league right now, this passing league. The teams that are really thriving are guys that can get after the quarterback. And so may God have mercy on Sam Howell when he's got to go up against the Eagles and the Cowboys. Because, I, I mean, the NFC beast is it, back. We did beat the Eagles last year in Philly, Stevie. Like the Eagles, 
I mean, I, I understand that they're 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 the best team we'll we will face. How how will win against went against that Cowboys defense already when they had playoffs on the line as well or playoff seating on the line? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking at the schedule. I mean, I, I agree with you. I would like them three and one would be great, but four and zero oh is is possible here, right? I mean, they got <laughs> they got to they got to focus on the Bills. They got to focus on the can, Bills. Can we just can we just for a second the the Niners, the Eagles, and the Cowboys? collectively have gone against Kenny Pickett, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones. I mean, yeah, they're they're great teams, but if you if you were to tell me that the Commanders are 3 and 0 and two of those were the Russell Wilson Broncos and the, the Allen Bills, I'll take That's it. significantly stronger it's than the, the Cowboys will- going over the, the trash city will explode if this team goes to three and zero, in anticipation of four and zero. It's going to be Super Bowl talk. It's going to be people like like uh, the pants are coming off. I mean, it's FedEx is already it, sold out it, for the Bills game. It, Hopefully, yeah, two two sellouts, even, two games in a row yeah. this early in the season that, that hasn't happened here in a long time. It's come still, on, there's a fifty year waiting list. Come on, yeah, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. <laughs> any any final thoughts, boys, as we put a bow on this show? You want to talk more about the Beetlejuice uh, situation? You want to talk about uh, what was that? What was the politician's name from last week? I'm, I'm open. Any, any topics here? I'm open. <laughs> Susanna, Susanna, something, right? Um, FP was looking for a TV show to watch. Uh, Stevie, did you get into Lioness? No, I, I, I just cycled through Ballers again. <laughs> from start to finish, it gets it. The, the, the it falls off a cliff in like a hundred percent. It gets really bad. Yeah, it gets, when the, like he starts talking to some high school player, and then the mom, and that's the the after white they brought, after they brought brought the team to Vegas. It's terrible. It, it is interesting how they foreshadowed that, and they foreshadowed the Mahomes uh, contracts. Yeah, I, I, I'll give a shout out. I will be at the Commanders uh, Golf Invitational on Friday. Thank you very much to our corporate sponsors for uh, providing that. So I will be playing. They, I guess, they have homecoming weekend this weekend. Wow. Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. so as part of the festivities, we'll be out at the yeah, Woodmore the Country Club. Coming. Who are you playing? Who are you playing with? Do you know your uh, your fourth summer? Not yet. Uh, nothing confirmed. I don't want to give uh, me names. You're smiling, but uh, <laughs> there'll be some offense living legends defense. there. Offense, offense or defense? I I think uh, I mean the only legends I guess I think is mainly defensive guys. Is this I, why you brushed up on legacy <laughs> offensive linemen? He was, cramming, hey. he was cramming in preparation. He's trying to memorize spaces and numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 18 holes is a long time. You got to come up with something <laughs> to talk about, okay? That's a long time. Well, listen, if you beat him down, maybe you uh, get, get him to come on the show. We'd love to do uh, a little uh, behind the scenes. Or, uh, be doing- actually, or we do a pick them for the next week. We'll do pick them for, uh, for Eagles week. Why don't you, you talk to your boy, Matthew Berry? Uh, I could talk to Matthew. I do have a way to contact Matthew Barry. Yes, I, I didn't. We, we haven't used last names on this show in a long time, but Matthew Barry is one that uh, is is a known entity. Yes, I he, he fell off when he left ESPN. What's, what's he up to? Oh, what are you talking about? He's got a great. He's got a great fantasy football uh, show. He's got two shows actually on Peacock. It's great. I didn't know that. And your boy uh, Michael Smith. What about the the other guy we did the show with? Radio guy. Bill Rowland. Hey, that I love Bill. How's Bill doing? Bill. He's working. He's 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 doing all kinds of stuff. Good. I'll reach out to Bill. Tell yeah. him I said hello. Bill, Bill's a friend of the show. Maybe we can get Bill back on here. Give him my we best. Had him on, if I'm not mistaken, it was was it last year? No, two years ago. We had him on for Bill's week. 
We went on his show or he came on our show? Uh, I went on his, but he came on ours when we did the Bills uh, roundtable with some of those donkeys up in uh, in, uh, in Buffalo. All right, tell, tell Bill it's long overdue. Yeah, it, it is. Thank you, boys. Have a good night, Stevie. Thank you, FP, for making time as always. This is DTC, available on all podcast platforms and everywhere you get your social media. Thank you for hanging out with us. Show's coming every Tuesday night moving forward throughout the uh, Commander season. We look forward to talking to you next week. Until then, we will see you later. We're out.